Is your child emotionally ready for college? Ask Alliance sits down with Michael Godfrey and Todd Moore to discuss what can become very serious mental health issues related to children transitioning into college life and adulthood. Dr. Godfrey, with True Course Life and Leadership Development, gives insights into why this is happening and what practical steps parents can take to monitor their child's mental health. And uh, it kind of reminded me, because most of the time in these, what we do in these Ask Alliance interviews and things, we're talking about things from a business perspective. But I reminded, was reminded from our executive coaching sessions that there's kind of a 360 approach that you have to take because if we as individuals aren't really being successful in other parts of our life, it's going to have an impact on you in the office place or in the workplace, whatever you do. I mean, and this is one of those areas, certainly when it comes to with our children, you know, if you're having an issue with your child that's just gone off to college for the first time, moved out of the house, and they're struggling, uh, you're not going to be all you can be at work for sure. Your mind's going to be elsewhere where it probably should be. And um, so a couple things that intrigued me, and I thought when I read this, I thought, man, I'd love to get your takes on some of this. Uh, I think it'd be helpful to others too, but I thought, man, you'd be a perfect person to sit down and ask these things. And I just want to refer to my notes here because um, I circled some of them, but it kind of talked about how we can get into a false sense of security with our kids because they've been successful up to this point a lot of times if they're if they're going off to college and they've had a certain amount of academic success, probably extracurricular success and all these kind of things. They're teed up, they go through the applications process, you do all that, you pick the right school, think you have a good match, everybody feels good about it, you give the hugs and they go away. And then some things happen and uh, some of the things that I really hadn't thought about they're not working as well you know and it talks about you know some of the indicators is they end up a growing amount of uh, mental illness issues uh, depression um, fear of missing out and all those things that goes goes along with that that socially or it says emotionally are they ready and some of the things that really kicked in with me uh, you know I was thinking about when I went off to college and this has been you know years ago <laughs> I don't think my parents either I don't think either of my parents even went on campus to the college I went to and when it came time for me to go I packed up my car and they asked when are you coming back and I mean it was just a wholly different experience now neither of my parents had the opportunity to go to college so maybe that's part of it and I know culture's changed a lot and all that's changed but I mean but emotionally prepared, it was just different. The expectations, you know, like I was 18, and, uh, and it was just different. So I think that's some of the things they kind of relate back to. Uh, of those changes may not be necessarily healthy in keeping that child independent and facing some things they're going to face for the first time when they move out of the nest. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. <clears throat> I really think that, you know, you're they're right in the article is that sometimes we as parents get get lulled into a sense of complacency because our kids are doing okay during those high school years and maybe a better perspective there might be to see that as preparation time rather than a, a time that everything is so yeah. okay that we kind of take our hands off of things and are so glad that we that we don't have to change diapers help people walk carry people to soccer games and so on as it goes on through development. 
So we, we're glad to have that freedom as parents, and so we don't take the time that's needed to really communicate, and that, that communication has to really become big. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's an impediment to communication, I think, during the teenage years, is, uh, you know, kids are going to say things and do things that are, you know, look crazy and irresponsible, and that's a part of the, that's a part of the teenage years and early adulthood years uh, to some extent. But I think parents will react to that in a strong way, and it actually shuts down the communication. Yeah. I, I like to say if parents can learn to laugh, they'll get them through the teenage years, and if they can learn to relax some, and just ask, ask, ask more questions than they do try to fix or tell. You know, when we, I first talked about this, us doing this, and since I was thinking more of a lighthearted manner, you think of the kind of problems. Oh, well, this is part of growing up and that kind of thing. And okay, they make their first C and that's it. But you know the words that they use, and these are psychiatrists that wrote this, who uh, are strong words. They've seen young patients with crippling anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, eating disorders, and even even instances of self harm. Uh, after being unable to adapt to the demands of college life. More than 85% of college students describe feeling overwhelmed, uh, hopelessness. I mean, those are big words, mm-hmm. important words. Uh, last year, fully a third of college students received treatment on camp- by campus counselors. Um, and so they raise the question, what explains the emotional fragility? Mm-hmm. You know, more so than in past. Mm-hmm. It's always been an element, but more so than in the past. And and they kind of cited some things that I'm not sure I was in agreement with as far as some societal things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because um, I, you know, I was, cause I was thinking society-wise, things have really been pretty good for this generation. I mean, we haven't had world wars. We haven't had <laughs> real life and death issues uh, that some of those generations, so I'm not sure that that is much, but then they go on to some of the cultural things that maybe, that struck with me, that of over-preparation, more of the emotional intelligence stuff that like that now that we're getting home because I know we're all guilty of that with our parents trying to straighten out the curves in front of them and then that child is not child's is no adult is not prepared to handle that that yeah. that first failure whatever that failure is yeah. um, you know the home <clears throat> the stability of the home is going to be really really important and there and it's not just the stability itself, but the sense that the child has of stability in the home. Um, that's always a big issue. And then, even if you have that, uh, it's important to be pretty intentional about uh, giving the child the opportunity to solve problems on their own. Yeah. Uh, when you take that away from them, and then they have to encounter the problems uh, at a time when they're supposed to be a quote quote adult. Yeah. Uh, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming because they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. It was interesting. They pointed out, so while there's no advanced placement class for emotional readiness, mm-hmm. uh, we found that uh, it usually it failed in three areas. Uh, the ability, they had a fear of, fear of not belonging, mm-hmm. a fear of not making it academically, mm-hmm. and then uh, just unrealistic expectations about performance and success. Mm-hmm. Those three things. I think all of those are expectations. <clears throat> you know, when things don't meet up to our expectations, it, it creates stress. Uh, it creates a powerful stress. So if, if they're used to belonging in high school and then come to college and suddenly have to meet all new people, that's a challenge. 
Uh, they're used to a certain level of academic rigor in high school. Now it's going to be another level in large classes where they really uh, oftentimes don't have a, a real strong identity or even a relationship with the teacher or professor. Uh, you know, and the anxiety about the grades, I mean, they've been successful in high school, and if, if they're not successful in college, it, I think that, you know, there can be this deal about if I'm not successful in college, I'm not successful in life. Yeah, yeah. So helping them to gain the perspective on that's needed and work with, the, work with their own expectations. Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. They talked about really promoting a child's autonomy. Mm-hmm easing them away from having so much control over their lives and stuff so there's not just that immediate abruption. And there was a quote I thought was really good. It says, your job is to be there to, as a parent. Your job is to be there to be left. Mm-hmm. And a Freud. And that, that really is true. I think that uh, as parents, if we work ourselves out of a job, it's a good thing. You know, is that we spend a lot of time uh, holding on to our kids. And it's a scary thing when uh, when things begin to walk out of our control. But I like to tell people, you know, you begin to lose control as soon as the baby came forth from the womb. Yeah. And gradually learning how to release that control. And, and as parents, it's, it's, I think it will be easier on a parent to release that control when the child is still under their roof, rather than suddenly if there's a snap and they're out from under the roof, they're in college, and they're, they, they have, not, have no control. You know, they, have no, they currently have no rights to know about their kids, uh, what's going on with them in college, what's going on with their health, all those kinds of things because they're protected by privacy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, parents could uh, make an arrangement with kids ahead of time to say, look, you know, if you want my help uh, with your health care or with your mental health care or anything else like that, you're going to have to, we're going to have to arrange for release. I know that was a a surprise to me when kids go off and you think, hey, you, you can't see their grades. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm supporting this kid. Mm-hmm. But they're 18, and it puts the university or the college in a predicament when they are then notified that there's a problem. And if they haven't been given a waiver, then they really can't contact anybody. And then they can contact mm-hmm. other professionals, but they can't contact mm-hmm. uh, the parents. So, I mean, I was trying to think of what are some good, you know, it's one thing to just describe a problem, but what are some things we could, we could help to mm-hmm. solve those problems? And one of them is, on the front and have those discussions and have a have a waiver yep. and have uh, both if cared about for academics because that sometimes is a mm-hmm. measure mm-hmm. Uh, of they're slipping things are falling back it usually is and then uh, the healthcare professionals there have a waiver with them let them know because it's too late to get it once the child is or the the young person is kind of in, in in the throes of it uh, they might not be willing to give the waiver then Hey, how you really struggling here? I need to know. If, can I notify your parents? Now they just make it worse. Yeah, They'd be disappointed in me. Yeah. You know, so conversation on the front end is uh, is really important. I, you know that one of the authors said their their child had gone to college, valedictorian of his class, and um, had a good first semester academically and socially, and those things usually tie together. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the second semester. One of the, his important relationships, just a friend, but really close friend, kind of went on with another group of friends and separated and really hurt him. And how he went into isolation, his grades got affected, uh, moved into depression, mm-hmm. started taking his meals up in his room from the cafeteria because he wanted to see people, ended up seeing a counselor about it, had suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, fortunately got to a point where he, you know, evoked his parents' help, and they brought him home, and uh, he changed changed schools, mm -hmm. got back on track, ended up completing his education, and it turned out okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, she mentioned that that they wish that waiver had been in place, mm -hmm. so they could have known. Yeah. When the grades started slipping, and he had always been successful, you know, he got a first C plus on mm -hmm. what he's all. Well, I'm an A student. I don't make C pluses. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, well, so I, that's that, scary. That high achiever is very demanding on themselves, and you know they're going to continue to demand at a level that uh, they may have to step back from a little bit in college. They'll still achieve, but it's just a different place. You know, all the compensatory skills that they have for dealing with their environment in high school, it just goes up a level. Yeah. And so you have to help them develop the compensatory skills that they need in college. And, and there's a chance that there's a perspective that uh, when, when, the, when the child goes to college, the child feels like, okay, I'm out of the house, I'm in control, uh, I've got to make this happen. Yeah. And not realizing that there can still be a lot of support yeah. that's going on there. Uh, and support from parents or others. Yeah. People from the schools or, or different places like that. So there's a lot of things that can help them. My mentor, uh, one of my mentors in business, told me one time about raising kids. He said, you know, the, the best advice he can give you is never let them know you care about them. But once, <laughs> once they know that you care about them, man, they got you. So that's yeah. a, and that, that what, because made me think about that. I think one of the best advice, advice pieces that you would probably give me if I was in that situation is, uh, in preparation, you probably would say, Todd, you got to let them fail. Mm -hmm. You got, you got to let them got to let them stumble and fail sometimes, and, and it kind of ties back to that deal. Uh, and that's just hard advice to take. Yep. Hard but advice to take. Parents don't want to see that happen. They don't want to see their kids fail, and that's appropriate. But the, the interesting thing about it is if they don't fail, they won't develop. Uh, as adults, uh, and, of course, you know, a child who's 18 is not really a full-fledged adult yet. Yeah. Legally, they may be called that. They yeah. have some legal rights as adults, but they're really not adults yeah. yet uh, in a lot of senses of the term. So so releasing them uh, completely, and plus, you know, there's all this issue about their brains are not completely wired up to this executive function uh, that is that comes after age 25, uh, generally that they can really make good decisions or exercise good judgment. So, you know, there's a lot to work with there. So the idea is let them, you know, the first time that they physically or metaphorically get punched in the face be when they're out on their own. Mm -hmm. Let that happen while they have the support around them and all that and see that Absolutely. it's okay, you're going to survive it and all that type of thing. Yep. If you yeah. try to control that too much and if you rescue your kids, the worst thing you can do is rescue your kids from the consequences of their decisions. Um, it sounds kind of cold, but I told my kids when they were growing up, I said, if you ever get in jail, don't call me because you're there for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, and so you'll need to get and out. have the consequences. Yeah, yeah, you need to feel the consequences. Yeah, it's so, it's so easy to uh, make hay or make light of the power, these powerful people that's come to be exposed, some of the actresses mm -hmm. and things about doing things to get their kids into college and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just so easy, but in so many ways, we've all done it in some form or fashion. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it dawned on me that uh, I heard someone say it wasn't my original thought, but the worst part of those, those stories is what it does to the child. Mm -hmm. That that child, you're sending a message that for, were it not for me helping you, you couldn't achieve this yourself. Yeah. 
and that's a real tough thing to carry the rest of their lives if, mm-hmm. if they don't get out of that. You know, yeah, so they let them be, fail. It'll just be one thing after another one that they that they turn to mom or dad on, and it actually disables them. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a certain disabling uh, emotionally and in their problem solving skills mm-hmm. that come there. You know, they have one answer to all problems: mom and dad. And that's not a mom and dad won't always be there. Well, and, and even how do you how do you develop your own good sense of self worth if mm-hmm. your parents put you on? They put you into the business. They put you into this school, whatever. So it just puts you on a path where you can hardly fail. Mm-hmm. How do you really get a sense of achievement that, if, for, if that's always been done for you? For healthy kids, one of the key things that we know is that they need a clearly defined problem space. And here's what I mean by that. When kids are little, they need boundaries. They need to know where the boundaries are and that crossing the boundaries have consequences and that those consequences will be sure. Uh, it can't be wishy-washy. If the consequences are one thing the, one time and one thing the next, they, they'll learn to play that and learn to understand that that's the way the world works. Yeah. Uh, the whole time that parents have kids in their home, they're teaching them about how the world works. And so if, if you always rescue them, you teach them, well, the world works, your parents come to rescue you. Yeah. But the truth is, if they're going to be resilient, if they're going to bounce back well, if they're going to uh, live well in the world, they've got to learn to solve their own problems. Yeah. And so the skill is developed they're in those really in those middle to late teenage years about the more adult type of problems about how do you, how do I solve those and how do I come out the other side of it even though even though there may be pain on the other side of it and it may not be pretty how do I come out the other side of it and still get up and keep walking yeah you know, I didn't really plan for this but as, as you were talking this dawned on me uh, for those of you listening to this or watch this may not know um, Part of what you do is in training and educating is executive coaching, mm-hmm. and uh, it reminded me. And maybe it's just my personality. Maybe it's not for everyone, but uh, so much of the hesitation or the pausing to do something like that or engage in that process is because every time I hear a session, which this could have been an executive coaching session, mm-hmm. if this had been my circumstance and you helped me through it, um, it just seems like such common sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need someone to tell me those kind of things? Well, that's just common sense. Mm-hmm. And then comes the left hook. Well, we don't practice common sense, especially when it comes to emotion, things we're emotional about or irrational mm-hmm. about, especially with our children. Yeah. So if that were in my circumstance now and we were doing coaching session, this could have very well been the coaching session, yeah. which has nothing to do directly with how to run our businesses or whatever the case may be. But if uh, you could help me through that then I'm and give me some tools to work with and some specific advice like hey I've got this going on mm-hmm. what do I do maybe you suggest the waivers then you could walk me through well, tell me about your daughter mm-hmm. what kind of personality and give me some ideas about how to approach her mm-hmm. and do some things then we're getting down a path that makes me so much better when I come to work mm-hmm. tomorrow because I got yeah. tools, tools to work with yeah and you've, you've captured it very well because the truth is, is that we really do know what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, I was visiting with a client this morning that uh, a daughter uh, still in school, just married, uh, struggling, the parents trying to help in every way they possibly can. Uh, and it's just a struggle, you know, to see to see somebody struggle or suffer or to have a harder time uh, in doing, mm-hmm. you know, in living life. It's yeah. harder. Yeah. So, so with that, I think that you know, sometimes we as parents need support in doing that because yeah. it's, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, my adult children, I, I was sharing with somebody the other day, I said, you know, 
uh, your adult children are going to make decisions that you have some trouble with. Yeah. And that doesn't mean their decision is wrong. It's just different from what you would have done. Yeah. And uh, you have to learn to release that and yep. not try to fix it. I, that's one thing I shared with the clients this morning. I said, if you can listen and not try to fix, you go a lot farther. Man. Uh, when parents in high school react, as I described earlier, uh, anytime you push another person, they're going to push back. It's natural. It's that reaction. Of def- it's that defensive reaction. It's that defensive reaction that takes place yeah. that, that makes it hard because anytime you... Uh, I'm going to say that again, okay? Mm-hmm. But anytime you push, uh, it's people are going to push back. Yeah. You know, if, if I if I pushed a, an opinion on you, you would be tempted, especially if it was personal, you'd push yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, just because we want to be okay and we want to be respected, we want to belong, we want to be a part of things. And if we, if I don't push back, then you're not going to push. And so what I want to hear from my kids is not push back. But I want to talk with them about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to be able to say to me what they want to say and for me to be able to ask questions. And when I was rearing my kids, I wish I'd have done a better job of that. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's a really good way. And so this particular client that I've been working with, I said, you know, ask more questions. Yeah. Ask more questions and let them respond to you and don't try to fix right now. Because fixing is a control uh, type of behavior. The last conversation I had like this I was interviewing a... a pretty uh, well-known business person here in town and I remind him about 20 years ago I heard him give a speech and one of the sage pieces of advice he gave was hire the best professionals you can afford and then listen to them mm-hmm. and I always laugh about that and it stuck with me because it's easier to do one than to do two mm-hmm. especially when it comes to deals like this with your children mm-hmm. it's uh it's real easy to get a professional coach or get someone to seek their advice read lessons and then it's hard to practice. It's mm-hmm. hard to take their advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, friend told me one time, he said, you know, I could really help people out. I think, if, especially some of my employees, if I could just follow them around day to day and help them make better decisions. And we'll kind of wrap it up here. Here's one that we could help them with. So we're sitting here uh, at this restaurant, <laughs> a chain <laughs> restaurant who will go unmentioned. Uh, it's Baylor TCU football weekend. And we're in Waco, Texas. And we have on their cups TCU. Uh, they evidently shipped that to the wrong town, <laughs> and, I, and I would like to help them with it, but I'm not sure they would care about my opinion. But that's just uh, that's just funny go. to me. There you go. That's funny to me. Maybe Fort Worth uh, has some Baylor cups up there that they got may. shipped up there. They may have got it the wrong direction. Yeah, we could help them out. Yeah. Hey, we really appreciate the time, Michael. It's always yeah. so insightful. Uh, you're always there, just a phone call away to help with these things. And I try to tell people all the time uh, that they need to they need to engage you. To help them through some of these things. I hope uh, hope this provided some value to some folks. You bet. I think it will. Great. Thanks, Appreciate Tom. it, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Cool. <clears throat>